Hey guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report, presented to you by Geico of Mobile. The first podcast to bring you the local fishing report for Alabama's lakes and rivers, whether it's good, bad, or ugly. This week's sponsor is your local GEICO insurance office. Everybody knows GEICO has a great auto rates, but did you know they also have great rates on boats, ATVs, motorcycle, and personal watercraft? Give Rod and Davis a call at 251-445-0053. Not only will Ron work hard to get you the lowest premium possible, but you'll have the service you expect and can count on if you ever need to make a claim. GEICO does even more than insure your valuable items. They also offer on-the-water service like towing, battery jumps, gas delivery, and you can save by bundling these services with your insurance. If you are an Alabama fisherman, support the local insurance agent who helps bring you the fishing report each week. Call Ron Davis, GEICO agent, at 251-445-0053, or visit him online at geico.com forward slash mobile dash AL. All right, guys, this is our first ever Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report. I'm your host, Brian Sin, and we got your co-host here, Stephen Wisdom. What's going on, Stephen? Hey, man. I'm excited to do this. We've been talking about it for quite a while. I am a bass fishing fanatic, and I'm going to get as much from this as hopefully our listeners, but I'm excited to kind of dive in each week to uh, each of these lakes and rivers across Alabama and find out what's going on, and, and hopefully all of our listeners will get some quality information from it to uh, just allow them to have a great outdoor experience throughout Alabama. So I can't wait, man. Hey, well, Stephen, man, we, we're glad you're on here and you bring a lot of valuable information. You've got a very extensive fishing history yourself. So, man, we don't want to get too long winter on this, but I want people to know who we are and who's bringing them this podcast. So just take a, take a minute and just tell us about Stephen Wisdom real quick. Give us some background, what you do. All that smart stuff, man. Yeah, absolutely. So I kind of cheated in life. I always wanted to fish and, and even more so fish professionally, but I pursued that for quite some time and ended up getting off in the hunting industry uh, for a career, which uh, I love and, and it's an amazing time, but spent a lot of time still in the fishing industry. Uh, and so I kind of cheated in my pursuit of fishing as I've worked in the, in the fishing industry most of my life and been a product developer and for different companies. And But everything I've ever done, has been in the outdoor industry. So I'm consumed by it daily. I'm not the guy who works a a nine to five every day in an accounting office and then tries to fish uh, on the weekends or tries to hunt on the weekends. I get to to be absorbed every day in it and it's the greatest joy of my life. So I've spent 15 years in the outdoor industry and, and even more so fishing professionally or even semi-professionally at times. And, and I call myself a, uh, I'm a bass geek, man. I just love it. I still, every time I see a bass, get cheesy and smile from ear to ear and act like my nine-year-old does every time he catches a fish. So I just love the outdoors. And so hopefully I'll bring as much to the table to this as the guides do and, and even yourself. And so we'll just kind of see how it unfolds. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to learn a lot from you as well as the guys that are calling in. And there again, guys, my name is Brian Sin. I, I grew up, I'm a native of Alabama, grew up uh, mainly in Demopolis, Alabama, fishing the Tom Bibby and Black Warrior and uh, ended up going and, and playing baseball for uh, for Auburn. But I'm going to be honest with you. 
Stephen, if they would have had fishing teams back then for high school and college like they do now, I'd have probably never thrown a baseball. I'd have been a fishing guy. So It, it would have been tough for me as well, Brian. I, I actually played college football at Sanford University in Birmingham, but and the whole college high school thing started about two years after I was done, and I would probably say the same thing because even in college, I didn't fish competitively in college because my football schedule was so demanding. Before I graduated college, I knew where every Every body of water was in Birmingham, in the greater Birmingham, Alabama area, because I spent many nights on Google Earth, snuck into many neighborhoods, many golf course ponds, corporate pond. I mean, I loved it. And if there was an opportunity to fish like the high school and college kids do today, it would have been very challenging for me not to be consumed by that as well, because fishing is truly a passion of mine. Absolutely, man. Me too. All the outdoors. And it's turkey season. We're in the middle of that right now. So a lot of the people that are going to be listening to our fishing are also turkey hunters, I'm sure. So uh, good luck out there in the field. Hey, these are some crazy times we're living in right now, for sure, with the coronavirus going around. I know uh, a lot of social distancing out there, and I know everybody's doing their part. You know, we joke about this this thing when it first started, Stephen. A, a lot of people did and, and kind of minimized it and trivialized it. But uh, this is real, and, and, and we all need to take it serious. Good example, our neighbor is, you know, 80 years old, heart problems, heart attack a couple years ago underlying health issues. And, and man, fortunately, I got a good wife that, that reminded me that, hey, we need to go next door and ask our neighbor if they need us to go to the store for them and get groceries so that they don't have to be exposed to catching this virus. And, and, and man, the, the look on their face and the appreciation we got when we did that uh, said a lot. So I'm just saying that, guys, to remind y'all, uh, let's all look after each other during this time. Uh, if you've got some, some people that may be in that high risk, reach out to them and this thing will be over before we know it, hopefully. Yeah. And as you've kind of seen, even out on social media and, and a lot of people jokingly have said it and, and they, they post a picture of them fishing and is what better way of social distancing than to go fishing and jokingly, but, but really. And so, um, you know, even in the midst of these crazy times, uh, the show is a great opportunity for guys to get some information and put it put it to play because either you've been told to stay home from work right now, your kids are definitely not in school right now, and what better time to spend some time on the water than right now? And so uh, hopefully uh, the guides that we're going to have come on and just kind of let you guys know what's going on are going to help you uh, have a great experience on the water right now. Not six months from now, this information is not six months ago it is live right now what's going on and hopefully you guys will be able to use it to have a great experience over the next couple weeks as as times are crazy but opportunity to be in the outdoors more than ever right now yeah thanks for bringing that up and pointing that out Stephen. because that's one thing i want you listeners to know and he just hit on it these guys that are going to be calling in we're going to have on the show in a minute they were fishing yesterday so they're bringing you real-time reports we're going to try to cover every river system the main river systems anyway we're going to have the tennessee river system for uh for the Tennessee River chain. We're going to have the Tennessee, Alabama. We're going to have the Coosa. We're going to have the Chattahoochee. We want to bring you at least one boat captain, guide, professional fisherman from that particular river chain. It may not be obviously every lake on that body of water, but we want to bring you one guy from that that chain every week. And that's what we're going to try to do. So with that being said, man, I think we're about ready to get into our first caller. We're going to tee that up right now. And hey, we look forward to it. Thank y'all for listening. Uh, be sure and, and, and tell your friends what we're doing and subscribe to the podcast. And uh, with that being said, let's get started. 
All right, this first segment is going to be brought to you by Captain Lee Pitts. He's been catching and loading the boat at Weiss and Neely Henry with the crappie. Lee, welcome to the show. Man, thank you, guys. Thank you for having me on. Man, we appreciate you getting on. We understand you've been catching them, buddy. Tell us, uh, tell us what you're doing. Uh, how the fishing is out there? You know, it's uh, we're we're just like everybody else. We've had a to suffer through this spring a little bit with some of our weather we're battling through. But man, the fish hadn't seemed to mind much. We're we're catching fish. Um, just glad to see some sunshine pop out today. No kidding, man. Well, we've had plenty of rain and uh, and bad weather, so it is it's nice to see some sunshine. I know. Uh, I don't know if you've been fishing today or not, but if you have, man, uh, tell us about the day. Yeah, we're just getting off the water now. It's uh, you know the the fish are, are kind of in that transition period. They're coming in, migrating off the main lake. We're still doing a lot of long line trolling right now, and the, the fish are getting in the backs of these bays. You know, they're they're starting to stack up and follow that bait a little bit. So they're out there where we can catch them in that open water, and they're trying to get back in, starting to think about that spawn. That's awesome. So, so, so when you say they're starting the transition, are, are they on the front end, back end? What? Where are they at? Getting to the point where they're really in the midst of their spawn? They're just coming. We've got a few fish, and then, like I said, the lake, uh, Neely and Weiss, they kind of fish different at different ends of the lake. You've got some of the main lake areas that the fish are just now starting to get in these creeks. They're starting starting to get back towards those secondary points, uh, looking at hitting the shallows. But upriver, we've got some fish that, hey, they're already in that three and four foot of water on some kind of wood cover and, and getting on those brush piles a little bit. So they're getting close. So really, we've got two different situations going on on our lakes, you know, upriver, downriver. So you, you, you're kind of lucky you got two different patterns you can fish. Yeah, absolutely. And so you're mainly you're mainly guiding for crappie on on Weiss Lake and Neely Henry on the Coosa system. Where where right. are you at today? I was on Neely Henry today, and uh, and then fish downriver, uh, more Canoe Creek area, things like that. You know, Neely's more of a river system. Uh, got some some big bays and big tributaries more down water downriver. But uh, these fish, they're getting in these creeks. They're getting off that main river. They're funneling into any little bays and pockets they can get to. And, man, it's loaded. Neely is loaded with little old bitty fingers and little pockets that these crappie love to jump up in and get on whatever kind of wood they can get on. So how are y'all fishing today? I mean, what technique you you kind of using? Today we were using more of the long line trolling. And, and what that is, I'm using my boat. I've got, uh, you know, the, the double seats up front, double seats up back rod holders around it and we're we're targeting these fish that aren't really holding on any kind of structure they're not holding off any brakes they're not holding on any wood cover or brush piles they're all they're doing is following that bait they're feeding up and where that bait is those crappie are just laying right there under them i know several times a day i was in 18 16 18 feet of water but the fish were in seven feet just laid up top in in nothing and so we kicked those speeds up a little bit and started burning those Bobby Garland baby shads and those slab slayers through them and, and wound up having a real good morning this morning. Yeah, that's awesome. That's interesting. So when you're long lining, you control your depths not only with the weight of the jig head, but with the speed of the boat. Is Am I hearing that correct? Right, right, yeah. A lot of it's got to do. I, I really, really pay attention to my hummingbird unit, and you can watch these fish out in this open water and tell where they're laying. And usually at the, at the speeds I'm going and the distance I've got the baits behind them, I'll tell a lot of my clients, I'll see those fish up front. And I said, you got about 20 seconds before you're going to get bit. Because I know that's when those baits are going to come through. After I went through the fish, 
with normally the speeds I'm running, that's about how long it's going to take for the baits to get there. And I've had I've had them try to count me down a time or two, and they're like, "You're pretty close on that." So that's great. It's, that's uh, awesome. it's cool when you can kind of call your shots on it. What's the water look like, and and how is that affecting how you're fishing? What's the water clarity? We we've had some storms the last few days. Yesterday had a lot of rain, and then early this morning and last night had some rain and some lightning came in there with it. So, you know, we're looking at some stained water, and, and that's that's normal for the Coosa chain. You know, it, it's it's a, it's a got some good stain to it anyway. The fish are used to that. We had some hard winds that, that blew some of the shallows up last night, but it all settles down pretty quick. And then, you know, with, with, the, with the lakes being man-made lakes that they control uh, by flood control and they generate power through here, they move current and that pulls some of that silt on out so it cleans up pretty quick that's awesome and so uh, you know with the water kind of being maybe a little dirtier than normal with the storms and you, you hear all the time some guys are so sold off on color and some are not two questions where do you stand on the whole color concept and 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 what what kind of colors are you seeing or are, are, are producing well right now well, it, it's been, you know, and I am a firm believer in color. Uh, a lot of times I've got multiple rods out. You know, I may have 10 rods out at a time. And when I can go through these fish and show them, you know, on the grass, then I can change colors. And if you've got like one color getting bit, hey, it don't take long. You swap them all over. But I, I like uh, even head design. You know, you can, you can throw the same color let's say i've got a bobby garland uh, bluegrass on and i'm throwing a pink head on one and then i got an orange head on another and it the orange head's getting bit i know to change that head color even though it's the same color bait same size head everything just that little bit of difference in that color they can see it better or or whatever it is they, they're biting it better they just like it for whatever reason i, I guess that's it they just like it hey you mentioned lightning a while ago lee and Stephen, have you ever had experience with as a bass fisherman i know on the crappie you're talking about how the lightning affected yeah, it yeah so that's that is crazy you said that because throughout my life i've i've heard like that lightning could affect things and i'm and i and i was always like ah, it lightens all the time how is that real and and, and it came to life recently and i and and lee we want to hear your your take on this as well but I recently was taking a couple of guys fishing to just, you know, entertain them, you know, just let them have a good time. Took them to this little private place. I knew we always catch lots of fish. Like it's going to be a hundred fish day, but we woke up to a, a storm and it was lightning. And man, we, we go out the first hour, we have six bites and, and we're bass fishing here. We have six bites and I, I'm in panic mode because I had talked this place up to these guys. And in the back of my head, I was thinking, man, is that lightning really what could be causing this and you know in that particular time I, I really think for whatever reason that lightning does truly affect these fish in a certain way because after about an hour we still end up having a hundred fish day but that first hour was was a challenge what, what do you see leah what do you think on that because you mentioned you had some lightning roll through and and how does that affect your day and affect your guide trips? You, you know, it really does. And and through my years of doing this and guiding, you pick up on little things. And my, my way of learning some of this is listening to some of the older guys that are out there. And they, they're telling me, and I'll tell you something strange after this, too, that has come to, 
to come true with it. Uh, that lightning does a little something to those fish. I don't know what it is, but, you know, it may be just kind of like deer. It may spook them a little bit where they really don't know what to do, so they just kind of lay there and don't do a whole lot. It was slow for us this morning. Finally, we got a little bit of sun popped out there. You could hear birds went to chirping, everything went to moving, and then all of a sudden the fish went to biting too. But uh, t- not only with the lightning, I've had some of the old-timers tell me when you're easing through there and you see those sticks floating straight up and down, and you see those pine needles straight up and down, you might as well go to the house. That barometric pressure's gone crazy when it does that. Mm-hmm. And time after time, I've looked around when fishing got slow, and all of a sudden everything's sticking straight up and down in the water. I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> so, time know. for a sandwich. <laughs> time for a sandwich. Yeah, little, little tricks of the trade there. You'll learn it. <laughs> I have never. Y'all, y'all just both taught me something. I never knew that with the fishing and the lightning. I never heard that before, so... I've been educated on that. You know, my uh, my experience with the lightning as far as is not fishing but with turkey hunting, and this has nothing to do with our fishing report, but I did turkey hunt one morning in a lightning storm, and I've never heard turkeys gobble that crazy in my life. Every turkey that could oh, wow. gobble, every time it would thunder, every one of them would sound off. It was crazy. Anyway, that's good stuff, man. We, we appreciate you being on here and we, we really look forward to you being on here more and being part of this podcast. And Oh yeah, anytime. Absolutely. One thing we're going to do every, after every segment guys is we're going to have a tip that's brought to you by these captains that we have on. And this week's tip is going to be brought to you by killer doc. Today, we're going to profile another common form of doc dysfunction, dirty doc. Have you ever cleaned a nice mess of fish and then watch your wife's face in disgust when she sees your dirty dock as a result? It happens to all of us who are cleaning fish on old wooden fishing cleaning tables that don't slope toward the water. You need dock enhancement. Killer dock fishing cleaning stations are a marine grade aluminum coated with ceramic finish that makes cleaning your dirty dock a cinch. The scales and slimes drain directly into the water through the legs and or through the slots. You choose the style. Check out the best fish cleaning station known to mankind at KillerDock.com. So with that, Lee, what is your Killer Dock tip of the day? I tell you what, if I I can help anybody right now, these fish are starting to move and get back into the shallows. You know, they're coming in. So some of you guys that fish some of your favorite places that haven't done any good, don't give up on them. The, the, The colors have been a black and chartreuse. That Bobby Garland Cajun Cricket, uh, I've been catching a lot on the Miniminder, and on that Bobby Garland Blue Ice has been real good. Swap up with your heads. If you're not getting bit like you think you should, swap head colors a little bit. Sometimes that'll help you. Beautiful, man. We appreciate that tip. And uh, hey, if somebody wants to fill the boat with some crappie and call you and go with you, what do they need to do to get up with you? Oh, yeah, man. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram. I think I even tweet her a little bit, but uh, Lee Pitts. 256-390-4145. Just give me a call. That's the best way to get me. Absolutely. All right, guys, y'all get up with Lee. He'll put y'all on the fish. Lee, we look forward to it, and we'll talk to you next time, buddy. Thank you. Thanks, Lee. Yeah, all right, guys. Hey, enjoyed it. Thank you. Well, Lee, thanks for your time, and and I love it because I have uh, bass fished all my life, but with the ages of my kids, we're really starting to get into crappie fishing because the cool thing about crappie fishing, you really can – 
catch a lot of fish. And for kids, that's really where I think you can suck them in a lot of times. So can't wait to use some of those uh, tips that you gave us, Lee, on some crappie. But let's jump into our next segment. We've got our next guide on the line. And uh, Brian, you want to introduce him? Absolutely. We got Alex Davis calling to calling in from the Tennessee River System. Alex, I know you uh, fish up at Gunnersville and along that whole system, but welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report, buddy. Well, thank you so much. Man, tell us what you've done on your last trips, kind of how the fishing's going, uh, what's going on in your fishing world right now. Well, on Gunnersville, it seemed like uh, a lot of the fish have finally actually pulled up, kind of uh, staging for pre-spawn, and now we've actually got more pre-spawn to spawn. Last weekend, there was a lot of, I think the, the, the lake actually fished pretty tough, but I don't think it's more or less the lake, as I think it is a lot of these fish was going from where they've been for like the last three weeks before the Bassmaster Classic got here, and then after that, They've all kind of just stayed in the same areas and same places. They haven't really moved a lot. And now they're making a big push, and a lot of them fish are going to the bank. And they're going up their shallow to either look for where their nests are going to be and start actual the spawning process. So I think a lot of this, the fish are on the move, moving baits in the morning. I, I throw a, a jackal break blade a lot. It's a chatterbait-style bait first thing in the morning. It seems like it dies out every day when the sun gets up and it kind of gets slick. And what I've been doing is throwing a weightless worm, uh, a light Texas rig, light little crawls. I mean, you're just, I think the fish are, they're, they're getting where they want a bed or they're actually made a bed and they're just very territorial. So you have to just really slow down when, when the sun gets up and it gets slick, you just have to slow down a little. Absolutely. And as, as anybody who bass fishes knows, this is getting in a time of year where you get an opportunity to at least put your eyes on a really big one. And are you seeing that the female fish have pulled up or is it is it just all males up there, bucks making beds and females are still kind of out in the transitions? It's mostly all just the males up there. I mean, it's just now starting. We, we kind of had a, I think right now it's about 70, it's supposed to be 80 tomorrow and 80 the next day. So that's going to bring a whole big wave of fish up. Mm-hmm. Just this warm weather is unseasonably warm, actually, but it's mostly males. The females are still, when I say deeper, Gunnersville deeper is like four to six foot. So you got to take that with a grain of salt. So, I mean, the males seem like they're in the one to three. Females are in the four to six. And do you, do you feel like it's going to, the hardcore spawn is going to be early this year, just based off the weather trend? I feel like it'll be, I always say around Earth Day, that's when they really usually generally really are spawning middle of April. It's around that 420, that week of that, that week's when they really seem to be able to be locked on bed real good on a normal year. But this is everything but normal. I I don't remember we even had a cold front. Uh, The water temperature is warmer than I've ever seen it. Maybe one year I've seen it warmer, but I mean, as far as a constant average, the water temperature is very warm and I don't see any cold fronts in sight. It's going to knock it back even next week. The highs is 68, 69 all week with lows in the 40s. So I think this will be probably the earliest spawn we've had in a few years. All of us in Alabama have experienced more rain this year than, than I can ever remember. Has the, how's that affected Gunnersville? It's made it where they didn't live in places all winter and early spring that they normally live. I mean, a lot of your, your wintertime haunts and your early pre-spawn, those fish got, normally we don't have a lot of rain, so they live out there on the river channel and they live in current breaks. When the water kicks on and we get rain, it sets those fish up and they really go on feeding frenzy. This year, we had current from November. So what that in turn did is, pretty much just it actually eliminated 
that whole bite, that bite, mm. that, that river channel and current breaks and make them where they're really going to feed up. There was just so much current that it never happened. So a lot of the fishing was quote unquote tough on Gunnersville this year, which it was tough, but I think a lot of them fish just lived in places they normally didn't live. So when you're fishing history and they're not living there anymore, it makes it tougher. That's good. What about water clarity? What is, what's the water clarity looking like right now on Gunnersville and, and how is that affecting things? It was getting generally pretty clear. And then uh, between the rain we had last night and the night before, I'd say it's going to stain it back up. I mean, we had a, it seemed like about an inch of rain come through here real quick last night. So I'm sure that probably muddied it up. I didn't go fishing today. So I'd say it, it stained it up a little bit. Um, if we can ever just have a few days of no rain, it'll, it generally clears up pretty quickly. Is there a part of the lake that seems to be more turned on right now than, than others? normally i would always say up the river turns on first and it's like a trickle down effect throughout the whole lake and i've fished from one end to the other and i really can't say that one end is better which is kind of abnormal i mean usually you can always say mm-hmm. up river's obviously better and then it turns on at goose pond and it just kind of works its way down the lake to seabold and down around all reds and browns creek but i think right now kind of wherever you go it seems about like the same i, I think it's just a um, the water temperature is virtually the same on the whole river right now, so nothing's really ahead of schedule. Absolutely. I mean, you, is the lake fishing well, or is it challenging? Uh, it's it's well for numbers. The big fish, like after the classic, one day before the classic on a guide trip, we had twenty nine, fourteen, and five. We had five six pounders, so that was wow. awesome. And then after the classic, we had some days where. You would catch a lot of fish, but the big one would be a four-pounder. And then we had a couple of days where we would catch 20 by lunchtime, and you'd have two, two six-pounders thrown in there. So it's fishing really, really well right now. Well, it's let- not as good as I've seen it in years past. There was a few years that I think everyone that fishes Gunnersville remembers how good it actually was, but mm-hmm. I don't think we'll ever see that again. But it's, it's fishing very well, yes. Well, and, and that led me to a question that, that, that I was thinking, just had the classic there, obviously, on Gunnersville, and, you know, you were talking about how you were, the fishing was better and, and before the classic. Is that more, do you think, is that the pressure from the classic that was on the lake, or is that more just the, the water clarity and the temperature and just the fish in itself? Or does, does when a big tournament like the classic comes, how does it affect the fish? I'm not going to sit here and say that it doesn't affect the fish because I believe that would be a lie. I don't know if it affects the fish as much. It just, it puts a lot of pressure on certain areas. And generally what happens is those guys are some of the best in the world. So they're going to find the best areas on the lake. So when they find the best areas on the lake and then everyone gets to watch it and see it, and then those a lot of people are going to fish those areas, then the best areas on the lake are all of a sudden get hit hard. So then now you have to almost look for areas that's not as good, but they're not getting hit as hard. That makes I don't a lot really of sense. Think, I don't think it affects it as much. Fish are always on the move. It's, it's like anything else. They don't sit in the same place all year long. So sure, an area that's getting a lot of pressure in two or three weeks is going to be kind of played out and hard to get a bite in. But those fish are going to move anyways. They're going to go do... They're either going to go spawn or their food's going to move on them, so they got to go somewhere else. So I don't really think that that affects it too much as far as the pressure goes. I mean, obviously, I don't I don't want to see the lake full boat ramps for a, a solid year. That's too much for any lake. But, you know, a couple of the after effects of the classic, a couple of weeks of that, that really don't affect the lake too much. 
Mm-hmm. Awesome. So you mentioned a few uh, early on, a few baits, but you know, if you will give give the listeners just some some stuff to start with. What are a couple of uh, maybe go to baits right now with the transition they're in this time of year, and and you know, give them some pointers on that. To me, early in the mornings, what especially when the water is getting warmer, they're going to want to spawn, so they're not going to really want to chase. But every morning, you're going to get that um, you know an activity, a higher activity level or period in the day. So that's when I throw I throw a jackal break blade. It's a chatterbait style bait. So any you know vibrating jig chatterbait. I just cover a lot of water, fish points, fish in pockets where I think fish are going to be staging to spawn or actually trying to spawn. And then, um, like I said, every day it's going to get tough. Not tough, but the moving bait is going to get tougher around ten o'clock. You know, when the sun comes out, gets slick. That's when I start really slowing down. If I can throw. Um, I throw a jackal flick shake, a, a 6.8. It's just a, it's like a wacky worm, mm-hmm. um, a Cinco, that style bait. Uh, I'd rather throw it. I feel like it gets more bites. I put it on light line, put it on eight pound fluoro. So you, I just feel like I can get more bites. But if you have wind, that's when you're going to have to switch to something that obviously has a sinker so you can remain in bottom contact and feel your bait. So that's where a, a light Texas rig with a, a, a creature bait on there. Or if you want to throw like a, a light Carolina rig, um, just so you can feel your bait, still cover a bunch of water. I want to cover water until I get bites. When I get bites, there's usually, it's like anything else, birds of a feather flock together. So if you're in a pocket and you usually get a bite, they'll be, if they're on a stump, you know, and there's 10 stumps in a pocket, more than likely every stump's going to have a bed on it. So it makes it, it makes it pretty fun. You just, you really have to slow down. A lot of people don't want to slow down, but I think you have to this time of year. Absolutely. And you just hit on my next question. Uh, is there a vegetation or, or a structure that you're targeting? Is, is there, you know, hydrilla line you're looking for, you know, wood, rocks? Like, is there a particular one that you're chasing right now or looking for right now? Fish, I mean, fish want to spawn on a hard bottom. That's no secret. So when you go into a pocket, if it doesn't have hard bottom, I usually keep moving. They'll spawn in holes in the grass. So if milfoil is starting to grow, They'll actually kind of just waller a place out in the millfold, just a hole in it so they can sit there and make a bed. Other than that, they're going to want to spawn on any piece of wood, either it be a tree in the water or a stump. I mean, they just want to spawn on something. They just like to be, I don't know why, I guess it's just a security blanket for them. They just like to be next to something. So any, especially if you know pockets that's got a lot of stumps in it or a pocket that has a lot of grass in it, they're just going to spawn in that and around that. So that's kind of the, that's the starting place for me. Well, that's good stuff. Awesome, Alex. And, and thank you for that. And, and, you know, each week uh, we're going to allow you guys to, to give the listeners just a tip, just something that you on, something that they can make a practical uh, action on next trip they go out, they can try this. So, you know, this week's captain's tips going to be brought to you by fish bites are you tired of scrambling for bait whenever you decide to go fishing? Have an artificial bait that's better than live bait ready to go at a moment's notice with fish bites. It's easy to pack and travel, and it has shelf stability, and, and not to mention it is tough. With fish bites, the bait stays on the hook, and the fish stay on the bait. Check out the full line of scented freshwater baits and tackle at fishbites.com. Alex, give us a tip for the week that we can walk away with. Uh, my number one tip this time of year is slow down. I don't. It doesn't matter about baits and whatever you have confidence in, continue to throw it. Just slow down. I think the, the more area you can say the cover the best, you're going to catch more fish. If you try to just really 
buzz down a bank. I think you're going to miss a lot because their activity level is not high. Their garden bed. So really slow down. It'll put you more fish in the boat. Great tip, Alex. Thank you. And, and, and one other thing we're going to do, guys, is every week we're going to have one segment on here where we have a Hey Captain question. And what we want you guys as listeners to do is we want you to email us a question every week. Uh, if we use your question on here, we'll send you a prize pack. And you can email at alabamafreshwater at bestfishingreport.com. Alabama Freshwater at bestfishingreport.com. Email us a question there. This week, I'm going to have a question for you. So we're going to use my question. So the question that I have for you today is, is you're talking about the hard bottom. When you go into that pocket and you're looking for hard bottoms, and how do you know if it's a hard bottom or not? What's your, what are you looking for? I put my rod in the water. Probably not the smartest thing, but that's the only way I can really tell when you get up there shallow is if you'll stick your rod. I mean, don't do it real hard because if you hit a hard bottom, you're going to think, oh, that messed the rod up. But if you just ease it down, if you're, when your rod tip hits, if it feels crunchy, guess what? It's a hard bottom. Start fishing. If your rod goes down there and it just starts sinking in mud, I just use the pull the troll motor up and leave. That's awesome. That's so good. <laughs> that's good stuff, man. Alex, thank you, buddy. We really appreciate you. And if somebody wants to come fish with you, what do they need to do to contact you to come get in the boat with you and let you put them on some fish? All they have to do is get on my website, which is spinnerbaitkid.com, or give me a text or call me at 256-298-1178. Good deal. Alex, we appreciate it. Y'all give Alex a call. He knows what he's doing up there on uh, on the Tennessee River chain. So y'all don't don't be bashful. Give Alex a call and... and uh, go fishing and then uh, let us know how you do alex we appreciate it man we look forward to talking to you next time and hopefully that won't be too long buddy so good fishing and, and stay in touch with us all right thank you absolutely well again guys that was alex davis guide up on garnersville thank you again alex for all your tips and uh, the transition of the spawn can't wait to get out there and and hopefully catch a, a few big females but guys our our next segment is with another crappie guy and today we are we are doubling up with crappie, and he's, he, he may have some bass stuff as well. But uh, this time of year, crappie fishing team tends to be on fire. So uh, we're going to go down to the Alabama River around Miller's Ferry with Joe Dunn. Joe, how are you doing? Doing great. Hey, man, thanks for joining the, the fresh, Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report. Tell us a little bit about what's going on down at Miller's Ferry in the greater you know Alabama River area down there. Well, like I said, we've... Uh We've had kind of a crazy uh, weather this year. We've done transition from a mild winter, uh, skipped spring, and then went straight on into summer. <laughs> and with this high water, it has really confused some of the fish. We've had actually had a lot of our fish have done spawned out even earlier. Uh, last week, I caught, kept a good many fish, and I'd say probably uh, only a third still had eggs in them. So a lot of those crappies actually spawned. Wow. But, uh, now is the time to get out there if you want to catch fish. This is the easiest time of the year to catch fish. All you got to do is be fishing about a foot and a half deep, either throwing them, uh, flipping them in on a cork, or if you do like I do, I like to flip that uh, jig up in that grass and, and run along that grass or in the wood and uh, wait for that big thump. And they're there right now. Well, you know, what's really cool, and that's why we're doing this podcast, is to educate people and let them know what, what's going on in their part of the state on different river chains. We just had another call earlier today with a guide up in North Alabama, 
he's catching transition fish in deep water right now, trolling for them. Their fish have not moved up yet very much. So it's real interesting and cool that down on the Alabama system, a little further south, you got fish that have already spawned out and you catch them fish in a foot and a half of water. That's cool. Exactly. Like I said, our, our fish just moved. Well, like I said, we went from uh, 52, 53 degree water and it jumped up to 60 to 65 up to in the mid and on the upper 60s. I mean, it's crazy with this temperature way it's done jumped already. Yeah, absolutely. So that water temperature sounds like it's kind of bed up the spawn down there. But what about, you said high water. What What's the high water doing to these fish? Okay, like I said, the high water, which we had for a, you know an extended several weeks there prior to all this, with it, it had those fish all up in the woods and everywhere else feeding and, uh, you know, getting ready for the spawn. And, and instead of like, typically we would be fishing uh, for them in the channels trolling or something like that for them getting ready to move up we'll see that high water already had them up there uh it wasn't like they were waiting to move in because of the cold water the high water pushed them on up in the woods to feed and actually when it started coming out well bam then we had a 60 degree water on foot they, they went to spawn and just just like that i mean like i said it was crazy and, and a bunch like i said a a lot of our fish have already done actually spawn. You know, I grew up on that river system over in the Moppas on the Tom Bibby and Black Warrior, actually. Uh, so just a hair north of you, but same kind of fishing. And and I know the house that, that we grew up on there had, had eight foot of water flowing up under the house. We grew up on the side of the uh, Black Warrior on the house on stilts there. And when when that water's out of the banks like that, were you still, I mean, it just it just, it, it's really hard to find and pinpoint fish were you able to catch fish at that time well see the difference between us and the black warrior is that you know we have a floodgate system which completely shuts it off during the normal time and then when the water goes to getting higher well they open those floodgates and actually from say the lock and dam say up to almost to say state park in that area the water will come up and actually this year we had it super high and but still you're going to have sloughs that the water can't break out and go out in the woods. And those are the sloughs and stuff that you're going to be able to still catch fish because they can't get all out in the woods. And that's what you key in and look for then is uh, sloughs that's got, say, higher banks. But now as you go went further upriver and you didn't have some of those places with high banks where the water just goes all out in the woods, and, and that's when it's really, really hard. Really you tough. need that water, you know, keep them closer to the edge, and that's what those high banks do. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. You kind of answered it. So these fish are still kind of up in these sloughs and pockets and creeks, not necessarily out on the main river. Exactly. But, yeah. it's, it's you know, with the water getting warm as it's getting, and now it's getting back normal, and it's slowing down, and actually they, they probably ain't going to be long. They're going to be shutting those floodgates off. And when they do that, uh, then they'll go anywhere again. And with a lot of them, it's going to be done actually all done spawned. Some of them going to trash it transition out to that eight and ten foot of water hitting on structure and either you can troll or flip a jig up and down vertically around the stumps. well right now you were talking about beating the banks foot foot and a half of water do you see much difference if you're fishing i mean you're mainly fishing uh shiners or are you using jigs or does it do you see much difference in the two or an advantage over one me personally i love the jigs uh, i'm not sitting there having to try to keep him in alive and, and put him, you know, get him on the hook, get him in the spot. Uh, I'd rather flip a jig, but now when you got like with me, when you got some kids or teenage boys, there's not a skill with a jig yet. 
you got to get them a bucket of minnows, and they're going to catch fish too. But uh, to be honest, I, I'll catch two to their one with that jig because I can just cover so much more water faster than they can. Well, and, and you know, we grew. I grew up with my dad. He's a big crappie fisherman, and, and that's what we grew up doing was jig fishing. I know when, especially when I was a little fella, I'd want to put that want to put that cork on that jig and throw it out there. My daddy'd get all bent out of shape about it. Then you thought thought it was sacrilegious to put a cork on the jig fishing setup, but then now do you when you're fishing that shallow with a jig though, are you still straight lining or you got a fishing with a some kind of cork to keep it to the depth you want it? You can use the cork, and I have done that too. Usually when they a little further off the bank, but when they're in there so close. You know, I just go real slow and just straight line it, and that way I can just just kind of skirt right through the grass. You know, just keep wiggling it around, sort of like you remember the old time jigger pole guys with the bass. Same oh, thing yeah. with the stuff. I'm not tipping the pole on the water. I'm just easing that jig right along that grass and kind of bump it every once in a while and stop and keep going. If they get in there, they go run out there and knock the fire out of it. That's when that's when it gets good. You talking about that old jigger pole fishing? You don't know Randy Howell down there, do you? Uh, no, not right off. I probably have run into him, but I don't. I can't remember. He right was off. he was a jigger pole king down in the Mopless area. Well, well, that'll be that'll be a discussion for another for another podcast. Willie, we'll do a whole segment. Oh, I've watched, watched that video though several times. Of yeah, you're doing yeah. that. Uh, that show right there at the city landed when the motor broke down or something and they couldn't leave and it was a huge string of fish they caught right there at the city landing doing that jigger bowling. <laughs> Me and Randy used to clean carpets every morning starting about seven thirty, eight o'clock. We'd work till noon, but now we were never going to work past noon because we was going fishing about, we was going to be on the water about one. <laughs> so I did that with him a whole lot. He's a good man. Joe, is uh, water clarity playing a factor right now down there? No, it's it's beautiful right now. We've not had really since the water came down. We had that little bit of rain. It washed a little bit of silt back in, but it's done. It didn't take long to clear that up. So awesome. Uh, the water color is just real good right now. That's awesome. Well, I know you're mainly a, a crappie guy, but you, you you're down there around a lot of bass guys, and some tournaments have gone yeah. on there. And what what they what, had, what you got? What insights you got on bass fishing down around Millers Ferry and the Alabama River? Well, right now, like I said, last weekend they had the, uh, I think it's the Ultimate Bass Trail. I can't remember the one. Uh, John John, he's the one who runs that one. And they had like 21-something 20, weighed in, five fish. So they, they really knocked them out this past weekend. And uh, I, I have, well, when I was crappie fishing the other day, I saw a lot of bass. And they were trying to still get up on top of them stumps and spawn mm-hmm. in that four to six foot of water. And each time you come by some of those stumps, you see them big swirls. Well, you knew what it was. That was a big old female trying to get up on top of a stump. They was on that pattern the other day. And then uh, had another guy win a, a little small tournament, one of the club tournaments around here. And he caught all of his fish on a frog, doing the same thing around the grass and frog. Uh, they're, they're in that grass or in that stumps trying to spawn right now. That's awesome. It sounds like altogether bass crappie, you know, down south. The system sounds like it's a little bit ahead of maybe the north. And so... Uh, the fish are up shallow, which can be a lot of fun uh, this time of year, and 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 so it's my favorite time of the year is when the fish get up shallow. And uh, but I'm a bass guy, you know. I like I like when the uh, the ladies start trying to move up there and get on top of those stumps. That's right. I'll I'll pluck them off one by one. <laughs> it's the best time well, to be doing it. Well, Joe, we're go- we have a segment every week, and we're gonna have we're gonna get you to give us a Alabama Tom Bigby 
tip of the week. Uh, this week is going to be brought to you by You Do Outdoors. Guys, if you don't know what You Do Outdoors is, I would urge you to check it out. And maybe this is a shameless plug because I'm, I'm, I'm one of the founders of You Do Outdoors. But if you're a social media guy, this is basically Facebook for us, guys. It's for hunting. It's for fishing. It's for hiking, camping, or whatever you do outdoors. It's a web-based or an app. It's a free app. You can get on the App Store on Android for iPhone, either one. Download the app. Create a profile. You can join groups, pages. You can post all of your pictures of your your fish you're catching, your turkeys you're shooting, uh, without having to worry about kickback and being kind of kind of squished down from the from the anti hunters and, and people on Facebook. But anyway, get on you do outdoors, download it, we'll appreciate it. And uh, with that, Joe, what is your tip uh, of the week for the Alabama Tom Bibby chain with the crappie this week? Like I said, it's gonna be stay shallow. Carry you some minutes if you, you're not comfortable with that jig. But I promise you, if you will take that jig and work it slow in that grass, and my my favorite technique, like I said, is to flip up past some of the grass and let it swing down through the grass and let it stop for just a second. Maybe hit it, pop it one time. If you don't, just flip on the other side, let it swing down through there, and let it stop and hesitate. And usually, when it stops and hesitates. Bam, that's when they're going to hit it. That's good stuff, man. That's a great tip. Hey, if somebody wants to come down there and go fishing with you, how do they get in touch with you? Uh, they can call me at Dunn Sports at uh, 334-636-0850. Good deal. Well, guys, y'all give him a shout. He'll put you on the crappie or the bass, either one down there and uh, on the Alabama chain. And we appreciate you being on and, and look forward to talking to you a whole lot more in the future, Joe. So good, good luck fishing out there, and, and we look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate you having me on. All Thanks, right, sir. buddy. Thank you. All right, that's going to do it for this week. We appreciate everybody that called in and gave us those tips. And uh, this week, uh, sounds like it's a great time to be on the water. And we appreciate all those guys that, that contributed. Absolutely, Brian. And, and I, I, I love this. I think we're going to have a good time. And again, our hope, guys, is just to feed you information that's going to allow you and your kids to have a great experience not only on the water, but in the outdoors fishing. And, and so uh, thank you for joining us each and every week. We'll be bringing guides on to just give you up-to-date information on what's going on around the state. That's right. And hey, spread the word, guys. Help us tell people about this podcast. If this is something you like and enjoy, post it out there on your social media, uh, text it to your friends, uh, help us grow this platform. We think this is going to be be good for, for all the fishermen in Alabama to, to help them improve. So, all right, folks, with that, we're going to wrap it up this week. Uh, please subscribe, rate, and drop us a review where, whenever you listen to the podcast. Those reviews are very important for us. I know you hear a lot of times, hey, leave us a review, but, but it is critical. It does help us. So uh, we would appreciate any reviews that you can give us. If you'd like to, like to email us on the podcast, just head on over to Great Days with a S, greatdaysoutdoors.com, uh, and then you can go slash AF. FR, and we'll send you the show every week. Thank you, guys. We appreciate it. Steven, this is awesome, man. We appreciate you being on. Look forward to it. Absolutely, man. I look forward to you guys get out and uh, fish a little bit. With the way life is right now, it is the greatest time to take advantage of the great outdoors. Hey, social distancing. Ain't no better place to do it than in a boat. Absolutely. Y'all have a great week. See you guys.
This week's Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report was brought to you by Killer Dock. Check out the full line of all-natural dock-enhancing fish cleaning stations at KillerDock.com. And brought to you by Geico of Mobile. Give Ron Davis, your Geico agent, a call at 251-445-0053 or visit him online at geico.com forward slash mobile dash AL. And by Fish Bites, ready to go when you are, regardless of when you're ready to go fishing. This bait stays on the hook and the fish stay on the bait. Check them out, fishbites.com. And brought to you by You Do Outdoors. There's finally a social media platform for us. And share your hunting, your fishing, your camping, hiking, or whatever you do outdoors today. You Do Outdoors. Download it, guys. You'll like it. And brought to you by You Do Outdoors. There's finally a social media platform for us. And share your hunting, your fishing, your camping, hiking, or whatever you do outdoors today. You Do Outdoors. Download it, guys. You'll like it. And brought to you by Brian Sin with National Land Realty. You already trust me with your fishing report, so trust me to help you find or sell that next piece of property as well. Give me a call at 601-383-2344. And also, Great Day Outdoors Magazine. Become a better southern hunter and angler and pick up your copy today wherever fine magazines are sold or save online at greatdayoutdoors.com.